Hi, I'm Arianna Raji Lee, and welcome to the Passion Mama podcast. Each episode, I interview a guest about modern motherhood to address its challenges, but more importantly, to celebrate its opportunities. From prenatal experts to postnatal health specialists, nutritionists, mums, and mums to be, I ask them to share their insights and stories with us. Welcome to Passion Mama in Conversation. Welcome to another episode of Passion Mama in Conversation. Today I'm joined by Dr. Mona Board. Now, Mona and I were travel buddies in my recent trip to Australia. She's my friend's sister-in-law and we got to talking about kids and dentistry. And I thought it was a really interesting chat and that's why I've invited her here today. Mona is a dentist who takes a biological approach to dentistry and has studied nutritional and environmental medicine. Currently practicing in Singapore, Mona also studied in London and worked in Geneva previously and is a mama of three. Mona, from Singapore, how are you? Oh, hi. Hi. How, how are you doing? Yeah, very good, thank you, through this interesting time. Yeah, I can imagine. So thank you for talking to me this morning um, about dentistry and particularly the type of approach that you would take. Um, I tried to do a little bit of research behind it before we were talking um, and it's actually proving quite, it was quite tricky to actually find that much detail out about it. So I'm, I'm really excited to be talking to you about this. Why don't we start, if you wouldn't mind, by giving us a little bit of an overview of, of what it is that you do and the type of dentistry that you practice. Um, okay, so holistic dentistry or biological dentistry, it has a few names, um, is, as you said, an attitude and approach towards dental care, which um, encompasses the whole body. We like to consider the entire patient and how their dental health affects their teeth and vice versa. Um, also, the treatments, how the treatments we perform affect their, our patient's entire organism, not just how it affects their mouth. So can you explain that a little bit more? So for example, like one, you know, you have a, you have a patient that comes to see you with a toothache. Does it always start with a toothache or does it start with another ailment in the body? Um, and then if it does start in the mouth, do you then kind of look to other parts of the body or more kind of outside external factors in terms of like what they're eating and how much exercise they're doing, all that, all that type of stuff. Exactly. Uh, you, 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 hit the nail on the head at the end there so um yeah generally people go to the dentist when they have a dental problem um so i will usually spend uh, 30 to 45 minutes just speaking to the patient which is unusual for a dentist just finding out everything about them that's relevant to their mouth in terms of um, their diet their lifestyle choices their their sleep habits a general overview of of themselves um, and then that will often often when I get a good picture of, of the whole person from talking to them I can almost predict what I'm gonna see in their mouth biological dentistry is a lot about prevention so I like to see patients before they get toothache um, just to, 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 to go over that checklist with them and check if there's anything that they're doing um, that, that, that needs to be changed in order to push them towards good health, good oral health, good dental health, um, in order to prevent any, any problems in the future. That's kind of the, the best approach. 
And how, I guess, how young can you start, do you start seeing patients? Because um, obviously our listeners are mainly mums with you know, young children. At what point do parents need to start to really think about their baby's gums and their teeth? And, and I guess, how do they start, how do they start caring for them? Um, so I would say that we need to start thinking of our children's teeth and gums during or even before pregnancy. Having a healthy body ourselves will set up our children for the best start in life. Um, this means being of a healthy weight, having healthy eating habits and lifestyle habits, um, as well as keeping away from or minimizing toxins where possible. Um, why do we need to minimize toxins? Because hopefully um, we're going to try to, do, to, to breastfeed our child and the last thing we want is to pass on to toxins which are in our body to, to our baby. But also, um, you know, when we're pregnant with the baby, they are getting everything from our body, good and bad. So being aware of, um, of what we're eating, uh, if we're smoking, if we're drinking alcohol, kind of just um, seeing where we're at with that in terms of how we feel about it towards our baby. Um, other things that, um, that are important during pregnancy <clears throat> are just looking after our general dental health ourselves, um, making sure that we're cleaning our teeth properly, uh, brushing twice a day and flossing um, once a day at least uh, effectively, as well as tongue scraping if possible and um, taking a probiotic. This is all ways of removing um, bad bacteria from our body which is what we, what we don't want um, for our baby because um, the first, the first uh, six to 18 months of life is when we're making our microbiome. So it's a very important time. That's really interesting you touched on. I mean, I, I, I hadn't even really, I mean, I'm, I, as, you, as you know, I've, I've not been pregnant. I don't have children, so I, I don't, um, there's no reason for this to have crossed my mind anyway, but um, mm. it's so interesting that you say that this needs to be looked after. This is something that needs to be considered for your baby during pregnancy. Mm. You touched on um, tongue scraping. Now, I don't do that normally. I assume you're going to tell me that I probably should. So what is tongue scraping and what does it, you know, you said it removes, I guess, toxins or removes something from the body that's unnecessary. How often how often should one be doing that? And is, can it be as simple as just running your toothbrush over your tongue? Tongue scraping removes, yeah, any uh, bacteria, debris, fungi, which are sort of nestled in between uh, our taste buds and, and the, the rough surface on, on our tongue. As you know, it's, you know, it's not a flat, smooth surface and it, it is um, a little bit prone to, to harboring little tiny things like microorganisms. Um, so tongue scraping is something that should be done uh, after brushing um, twice a day. It takes about 10 seconds and you can buy a tongue scraper. You can get ones that's like, just like a handheld, um, sort of like a toothbrush handle with a kind of a pizza kind of shape on the end of it. Um, that you that you scrape along and then give it a rinse. It's it's a, actually a lot more effective than brushing the tongue because it literally scrapes it off. Okay, that's good to know. I'm gonna I'm gonna do some investigating into tongue scrapers. Um, yeah. um, so that's during I guess that's during pregnancy and the mother's oral care. What about when your baby is born? Um, 
you know, teething is a, is a, is a fairly complex, sounds like it's a relatively painful process. Um, what can parents do, particularly for newborns, either before or during the teething process to um, make sure that everything, I guess, is on track or, or as it kind of should be or is as healthy as it could be? So once the baby is born, uh, breastfeeding is, is the ideal uh, feeding option. Um, obviously, if it's not possible, then there are lots of uh, great alternatives and uh, um, you can even make your own, um, your own formula. Uh, there are lots of recipes online. There's one on the Western A Price uh, website. He's kind of the daddy of nutrition. If, if, and if anyone knows anything about nutrition, they will have surely heard about Weston A. Price, who was in fact a dentist. Um, it's very interesting. He's written a book, um, which is a pretty famous book too that you can look into. Uh, he has a website. Um, so when a mother breastfeeds, she passes all the right vitamins, minerals, nutrients, plus probiotics and antibodies for immunity to, to really help her baby. Everything is in, in the right amounts, the right balance. It's just, it's just a perfect um, package. Uh, breastfeeding also helps towards facial growth and puts our children on the right road towards having straight teeth and a good bite in the future. Um, so when you talk about what we can do for our baby, uh, I would say, um, bringing them into the dentist around about the time when they get their first teeth or when they're, you know, they're just coming through their teething, just, you can, you can bring them in just so that they can get an idea of the dental office, the dentist, the smells, the sights, um, the sounds at the dentist. Um, this will, this will help them to familiarize and will hopefully, uh, avoid any fears in the future um, for our kids. Because often when kids are afraid of the dentist and they've never been to a dentist, it's usually because their parents or another adult has um, sort of uh, given them this uh, impression. Um, so we need to speak to, to our children very factually about what's going to happen um, and make sure that we're doing all the preventive um, good things for them to help them to avoid any kind of dental disease so that they don't need to go through anything that's scary or horrible that, that their parents or other adults in their family may have gone through, thus giving them that fear. Um, so bringing them into the dentist and you know, the dentist can just have a really quick check of the, of the mouth, check inside, check the gums, check the tongue, check that the teeth are coming out correctly you know this is all you know is is very comforting for parents and then at that point the dentist can speak to the parent about has there been breastfeeding what are they eating what are their snacks what what you know just have a a quick chat about all these things so that if there if there are any no-nos going on they can be warned in order to avoid problems in the future for their child because we all want the best for our children Gosh, that is so interesting. I, um, you know, obviously I, I, you know, there are two sides to the breastfeeding story and um, I've, I've heard the kind of nutrients um, argument before. I've not heard of the kind of facial growth one before, which is really quite incredible. And I guess if you think about it, it, it makes total sense. 
um, I, I guess there's this, there's this thought, um, and again, <laughs> I don't have children, so I've not had to cross this bridge yet, but I seem to remember even when I was younger, you know, my parents would be like, it's almost as if there's this, there's this, I don't know if it's a false belief that thinking that it's okay that you, if you have bad oral health or like less than good oral health when you have your baby teeth, because they're going to fall out anyway. And it's really only afterwards that you start to get your adult teeth come through that actually then those are the ones that, that count in inverted commas. Um, but that's, that's just not true, is it? By the sounds well, of well, look, if we're talking about um, a diet which has uh, got too much sugar in it, for example, or not enough nutrients in it, um, which causes the teeth to uh, maybe get decayed and for the child to have cavities, um, this can be rectified um, in later life if, if the diet is picked up. Um, it, just because you have holes in your baby teeth, it does not mean that you're going to get them in your adult teeth, but it, you, you just need to need to put the effort in to avoiding that. Now, it, the, the other point was about the facial growth. Yes, our face, as when we're children, when we're born, our face is always growing, our hair, everything's always growing. Um, so up until our growth spurt, which would be somewhere between 11 to 13, say, um, up until that point, everything, everything counts. And, and you know, if, if, if a child, for example, comes in to me and they're seven years old and um, they've been mouth breathing their whole life um, because they have um, a dust allergy, for example, and their house is full of carpets and cuddly toys, um, if we can sort of get to the bottom of it, get rid of all the cuddly toys, get rid of the dust from their bedroom, get them practicing learning to breathe through their nose again. Um, they might, I mean, they might need the intervention of, of an ENT, possibly they might need um, uh, their tonsils removing or, or, you know, any kind of ENT intervention to help them to help open their airway again. These kids that they'll often, if they've been breathing with their nose, they'll often have um, a very small jaw because their tongue has not been up in the roof of their mouth shaping their, um, their upper jaw. So they'll often come with um, crowded teeth because their, their upper jaw and their lower jaw is too narrow for their teeth. Um, so once we start training them up, teaching them to breathe with their nose again, getting their tongue to rest up in the roof of their mouth, then we can see really dramatic and fantastic results in their facial growth. And we can start to get their um, face growing, get their profile um, nice again, because often their profile will be um, the kind of, the, the chin is, is a little bit backwards and maybe even the, um, the upper jaw is a little bit backwards too. Um, so yeah, we can, we can still, even at age seven, we can still have um, a good effect on the child's facial growth. Um, but obviously, if we can start that facial growth the right way in the very beginning, then, you know, why not? Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. And just to, in case anyone doesn't know, ENT is ear, nose and throat, right? Yes, sorry. Yeah. Um, so 
so facial growth is a massive part of this. In, in that case, where does the whole kind of like pacifier dummy debate come in, in terms of the alignment of permanent teeth, but also of kind of face shape? Do you have a stand on whether sucking your thumb or using a, a pacifier is necessarily one way or another, good or bad? Uh, look, it's, um, it's just one of those things. If, if a child is uh, calmed by sucking um, and a pacifier is really helping them, then, you know, the parent may choose to just give them the pacifier, but to, um, to just keep an eye on that and not let it go on for a really long time. Um, or, you know, some kids, they just don't want a pacifier and find it a little bit revolting. So um, for the kids who find it comforting, the, the thing that they risk is to, yes, to have uh, an, possibly an uneven bite um, and to, in the future, have a, a, a dysfunctional swallowing um, action. So they, they'll, they'll often stick their tongue between their teeth when they swallow because they still think that they've got the dummy in their mouth um, because they've just they've learned that from sucking their dummy so much. Um, normally, when, we, when, when a child is breastfed, they'll suck for a certain amount of time and then the rest of the time they'll kind of they'll close their mouth and stick their tongue up in their, the roof of their mouth and, um, and, and that's it. They'll, they'll kind of shape their shape their upper jaw with their tongue. Um, then, you know, using the thumb or the dummy is pretty much the same thing. It, it does the same thing. So um, it may be a case of weighing up, you know, in future, my kid may, might need um, braces or some kind of um, therapy to, to unteach them this sucking reflex. Um, but for now, you know, for now, I'm pretty happy because it's keeping them quiet and it's giving me some rest. And yeah, it's, it, it's, it's each family's different choice. <laughs> when you said, when you said swallowing while, while, while pushing their tongue to the back of the front teeth, I, just, I actually like swallowed because I, I mean, I don't suck my thumb now, but I, I used to suck my thumb as a kid a lot. Um, and I actually had really, really bad, not oral hygiene, just layout of my, teeth and my my jaw you know I had a really bad overbite and then I, I think I had an underbite as well and I had to wear these train tracks for years mm -hmm. and I, I was in a brace basically from the age of about 10 till 15. Um, how much of it is down to genetics um, because obviously you can you know you can you can brush you can floss you can teeth scrape um, but I guess the layout of your teeth is slightly out of your, of your adult teeth anyway, is slightly out of your control or not. Or I guess actually, no, if you're sucking your thumb back, that also might impact the way that they're laid out. So how much of it is genetics and how much of it is just what you do? It's, it's definitely a mix of genetics and environment. Um, so if you have a genetic predisposition to having some kind of allergy, um, which makes you not be able to breathe with your nose, for example, then you're gonna mouth breathe, which is gonna make you have crooked teeth and a narrow jaw and small jaws or, or jaws that are too big even, because um, you know, if, 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 if somebody has a big massive um, swelling in the back of their throat, such as their tonsils, 
then often a child will posture their lower jaw forwards in order to open their airway. And so as time goes by, that jaw grows in that direction. It grows forwards and it gets bigger than the, than the jaw, um, the upper jaw. Um, and, you know, that might be something that runs through families, but it, it could be the allergy or the intolerance that's, that's causing that. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes total sense. So this is really interesting. So you could essentially, I guess, spot that a child has an intolerance or an allergy based on the shape of their mouth. Absolutely, 100%. That's amazing. I've never really, I've never heard that before, ever. And I guess it's because I've never really, I've never really asked the question, but that is, um, that's really amazing. So do you see a lot of, do you see a lot of kids or do you see a mixture of both adults and kids? Uh, we mainly treat kids who, who are sort of in the age just before needing braces, let's say. So um, yeah, around seven, eight-ish, um, up to nine-ish, um, maybe even 10, depending on how far along towards their growth spurt they are and how developed their face is already. Um, and how bad their habits are, you know, if our teeth are often put in the wrong position, either because we have an airway blockage, which we've just kind of touched on, or because they have a swallowing issue, which we've discussed a little bit too. Um, there's also um, people who have a tongue tie. Now, often this is, this is dealt with and, and diagnosed and treated um, around birth because people who have a tongue tie which is the, the, um, the little piece of skin that attaches the tongue to the lower part of the mouth. If, if, this, if, if the tongue is tied, the child can't um, feed very well. Um, so it's usually spotted quite, quite quickly. But there are, um, there are sort of mild tongue ties which aren't picked up because the child kind of just about gets through their feeding, but with a bit of difficulty. Um, and then in later life, it, it may be noticed when their teeth are a bit crooked or um, their jaws are not growing exactly um, to their full potential. And is there something that can be done later on if it's not spotted? So if a seven-year-old child comes in and they have a little bit of a tongue tie, um, so that, that piece of skin under the tongue is a little bit tight and their tongue is not able to really sit up in the roof of the mouth, that's where... Um, that's where we come in as dentists. We can teach them um, ways to strengthen their tongue, to stretch the frenulum also, um, in order to help the tongue to really get up there into that roof of the mouth in order to shape the jaw. Some patients may opt to have the, a small surgery, so they just cut that little piece of skin so that the tongue is more mobile. But often parents are more for um, the less invasive option, which is teaching the tongue to live up in the roof of the mouth um, by doing strengthening and stretching exercises for the tongue. Gosh, so it's like um, it's like physio for your tongue, which is I mean, yeah, physio at, at any age is hard, let alone for some part of your body which is really pivotal, but also quite you know you use all of the time and and at such a young age. So gosh, that's um, that's sounds like a lot of hard work, but obviously, as you said, it's less invasive. So um, um, a, really, a really good alternative to have. 
yeah absolutely and it also just teaches the tongue um what to do in order to to shape the jaw even if they have the surgery they still actually need to do those exercises so just uh, just to add to that this kind of therapy is called myofunctional therapy um so myo is the the muscle functional is the function um so it's teaching the muscles of the mouth so it's not just the tongue it's the cheeks and the lips too um, we go through a whole series of exercises. There are a few um, kind of ways to do it. There's, there's, a, there's a, a guard called the myobrace. That's probably the most famous kind of um, myofunctional therapy. Um, so if, if you have a child who sort of fits into any of these, um, these kind of ideas that we've discussed, then you can... Uh, look up myobrace and see if there's a myobrace practitioner nearby who can assess um, your child. That's that's great advice. Thank you. Um, and I just guess I've got just a couple couple of questions before we wrap it up. Um, you know, back to just kind of general care for your kids' gums and teeth. Um, once they start teething, any kind of advice in terms of how you brush the gums, how you, you know, a, a certain, you know, certain type of toothpaste, you know, fluoride toothpaste is a really common one. I, I kept seeing crop up in, um, in the research. I mean, is all toothpaste fluoride? I don't even know that. Um, <laughs> what kind of advice can you give for parents with little ones who, who have kind of teeth coming, their baby teeth coming through it and to how to kind of, I guess, instill best practice for, for oral hygiene from, from a really young age? Okay, that's a great question. Um, so I would say that getting the, the, your child to understand that their teeth are gonna get brushed twice a day, no matter what, is a really important thing. Um, so initially when, when the tooth is first coming through, you can just use um, a, clean, a clean towel or flannel or something that's dry to just simply wipe the front and the back of the tooth as it's coming through. Because when we get our, our teeth, it's our front teeth that come through first, the lower ones and then the upper ones. Um, so they're pretty easy to access for us and it's just like a quick swoop in and out done um, twice a day. When, when our children get a little bit older and they start to get their teeth coming out at the back, then it can become a little bit of an issue if, they're, um, if they don't enjoy it or they, if they don't like it. So the first thing is to make sure that you get um, a, a, a brush with fairly soft bristles. So just, you know, just test it out on, your, on, your, on the back of your hand, make sure it's not really scratchy. Um, then uh, you can go ahead and brush the teeth and try and do it gently as well, because the last thing your child wants is for you to be shoving the toothbrush inside their mouth, choking them or stabbing them in, in the mouth you know, they're not, that it's just going to be even worse the next time. So really be gentle, but try to be effective. Try to really give them um, a good brush so that the, the plaque, the bacteria is removed. And, and you can start to ask them to um, rinse their mouth. So just give them a bit of, uh, a bit of water and ask them to spit. You, you, can, you can model it. So you, you brush your teeth and then show them how, how to uh, swish it around and then spit and then another swish and another spit. Um, see if they can start to copy. At some stage, at some age, they will be able to copy that. And it's at that point where you, where you are confident that they're going to be able to spit out the toothpaste and the, and, and the, um, 
the saliva in their mouth, that it's at that point that you can introduce a fluoride toothpaste. Um, I would not introduce any fluoride um, before that uh, because fluoride is, um, it is a toxic uh, compound um, which isn't, is better not ingested. Okay, so in terms of when your child is teething, uh, generally, we, if, if, it's, if it's bearable, then just let them, let them get on with it. You know, it's been happening for thousands of years. Um, if you feel as though you want to intervene and do something, then you can get, uh, you can freeze a piece of celery or, you know, even if some of those teethers, you can freeze them um, so, that, so that your child can bite on them and get some relief because basically it's inflammation. Um, that's going on when they're teething and it's it's hot and it's painful so if you can cool it down then that's already something really helpful um, another thing if, if you want to take it a step further is you can give them some um, paracetamol this works fantastically um, they may even get a tiny tiny raise in their temperature um, which is usually quite well controlled by by panadol uh, paracetamol, excuse me. Uh, other parents have found good results from going to a homeopath and just getting like a mix of homeopathics to give to their child to help them through the teething process. Um, but yeah, another thing is just to, if, the, if there are teeth in the mouth, just keep them nice and clean because if there are bacteria in the mouth, they're going to aggravate things further. Um, probiotics can also help. You can now get um, like a little, uh, like a you know, a powdered kid's probiotic that they can just swish around their mouth. If you can get them to do that and then they can, they can swallow it. Um, that's, uh, that's something that could help too. That was so detailed and so thorough. I really appreciate that. Literally, I'm, I brush my teeth before talking to you because it's the morning here. Um, and I feel <laughs> like I, I want to go brush my teeth again. Um, um, Mona, thank you so much for talking to me this morning, for teaching me about um, the importance, I guess, even more so about the importance of um, oral care, particularly from, from, I guess, you know, before the baby's even born. So um, I really, really appreciate that. Thank you so much. It's my absolute pleasure, Ari. Thank you so much for having me.